Dueling Genre Productions presents... Oh my god, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my god, I'm flying, I can fly, I can teleport, and I can fly! Super senses! What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Mindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we review, discuss, and analyze Back to the Future Part 3, one disciplining minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo Sports Puck Daddy blog. Welcome back, Greg. Well, it's it's uh, great to be back. We got through a very dramatic minute with uh, uh, gun guns being pointed at people and yeah, little yeah. little little Django Fetts and their Boba Fett dad, uh, Boba Fetts and Django Fett's dad, and, 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 this, uh, and, and this, I, yeah, and this minute is much more lighthearted. Uh, it uh, begins with uh, uh, Marshall Strickland teaching his son a important, uh, possibly scarring lesson about uh, discipline, and uh, <laughs> ends with uh, some people walking down the uh, street. But it also includes some classic, classic Marty being a stupid dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Mad Dog and uh, and the posse they uh, they enter the party, and uh, we get that little aside uh, where you know it's kind of uh, it's it's sort of like a Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade prologue aside where it's just like oh here's the origin story of discipline um see i'm getting way more like like this is my son and business partner hw like like though like those are the vibes <laughs> that i have. <laughs> i would agree he, i think he's he's deputized his child to be his his like right hand yeah. man mm-hmm. that kid that kid's going to murder multiple people before he like has sex for the first time 
I was going to say, all that talk of discipline definitely means he's on the road to becoming Christian Grey. Uh, yes. So, oh, yeah. no. You know, oh, my yeah, God. Hopefully, you... hopefully, hopefully he gets some handcuffs as a deputy. Hey, there's oh, an idea really? for a horror movie. A, 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 like, a Christian, like, a, like a, a, a room, like an S&M room, but someone made it in, like, the 1900s. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, that's horrifying. I mean, you'd you'd have to pay upwards of two hundred dollars to get that in Vegas right now. So I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come this, sit upon uh, come sit upon our pleasure board. <laughs> this it's like, uh, it's like the size of half the building. I'll stop. This, I'll stop. This yes, please do. Um, this <laughs> this moment uh, with this aside that that ends with the I will paw. I will can, paw. It just continued my confusion. I was like, oh, well, this has to be Principal Strickland as a child. Because why else would this be here? I think it, I think you're supposed to infer that this boy then passed on discipline, but added the word slacker, probably, to right. his, his son. Because I feel like slacker is a word that I could hear an old man saying back in like the, the the 30s or you know how when, whenever strickland was a was a wee lad mm-hmm. it just all feels very shoehorned doesn't it yeah <laughs> it yeah. just feels all very we've got to find a way to get this guy into this yeah. cosplay and you know, uh it doesn't really factor into anything else that happens necessarily scott and i have uh on multiple times now described this movie this chapter specifically as uh, a victory lap for the filmmakers and um this is kind of the one instance so far where it's not where it's a little more awkward than it is cute does that make sense it mm-hmm. does and and, uh, and not to get ahead of ourselves is why we would do that on this podcast because we haven't watched all the minutes yet mm-hmm. but I, I think the overuse of the chicken are you yellow thing is also victory lapish and and maybe a, a bit overdone. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's problematic too because it's not something that's in the first movie at all. Uh, it's just created for the sequels, so it's almost not even part of the victory lap thing. But they try to shoehorn it in as if it is and should be, but it's not. Right. It's, yeah. um, you know, like they put such an emphasis on it. I almost wouldn't be surprised if at the end it has some kind of Bioshock like, like reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. We're being called a uh, chicken literally just like activates Marty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we cut inside and uh, everybody's square dancing. Yeah. Um, it, 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 from our perspective, these two have been dancing Doc and Clara for like a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, t- we um, took a break, and they're 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 still dancing, and they're still going. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, it's it's a, it's a bit of a hoot nanny in there. I would say. Oh yeah, for sure. And I love the fact that ZZ Top is playing this song. Yes, I I don't know why that amuses me so much, but it really does. I, I remember I remember when this came out. My, my dad, um, my dad's an interesting fellow for a number of reasons, but he was. Uh, is a huge uh, ZZ Top fan, and I remember him being absolutely tickled that they were going to be featured in this film, um, mainly because I, I it was probably about what would you figure like six years after maybe they reached their peak as a as a band, mm-hmm. maybe more. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I think he was really happy to see them get a uh, a spotlight. Uh, yeah, it, we we talked a little bit about that when they first. It, it, it would almost be like if now in like the summer of 2017, like a movie came out where Kings of Leon were playing. Like, <laughs> well, you know, I actually got sort of a vibe like that yeah. in Zootopia because Shakira's oh. in it. Yeah, and, she, and she's you know? sort of she's not exactly like you know the hottest. Most no, current. she was yeah. she was at the top of her game like well, 15 years ago. You you're know? gonna have to define hottest because on one hand, definitely still the hottest. On the other hand, <laughs> career wise, maybe not so much. Yeah, right. Hip, Hipstone Lie was what 06, 07? Might be, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember how mm-hmm. dating. I remember dating a girl who was uh, who was really into Shakira when I was in high school, and that was early two thousands. So, trying to figure out if the more surprising cameo, well, I mean, or appearance rather, was Shakira in Zootopia or Mariah Carey playing the mayor in the Lego Batman movie, which is actually a thing that happened. I would argue this might be unpopular, but I would argue that Mariah Carey as the mayor was less distracting. Than uh, Shakira as like the weird Shakira gazelle. Mm-hmm. I would I would agree with that because she seemed to just be playing a random character and not being Mariah Carey, which beg, begs the question: Why do you cast Mariah Carey as the mayor of the <laughs> city? <laughs> I <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting choice. Um, maybe she was just happened to be like on the Warner Brothers animation lot that day or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, did she do a song for the movie? Maybe no, I don't know. I was kind of digging all of the uh, the Latinos in power in the world of Lego Gotham. That's right. you, had, you had Hector Elizondo as Commissioner Gordon, you had uh-huh. Rosario Dawson as Barbara Gordon. I can't really remember what kind of brown person Mariah Carey is, um, but <laughs> that's cool, right? Yeah. To go, yeah. along, to go to go along with an African half African half African half African American district attorney. Yes. In, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, that's totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Lego Batman's the, all about is, uh, Lego Batman's is the suggestion yeah. is the suggestion he's half African American because he's half like burnt monster. <laughs> <laughs> takes it away. Yeah. He loses half his half of his identity when he gets sprayed with acid in the courtroom. No. Don't you know that? <laughs> I lose uh, half my scholarship. That's right. So um, so, uh, Marty runs into, uh, the McFly family, uh, Seamus and Maggie and William. Yeah. I'm like, guys, I'm in, inve- I'm invested. Like I, when I showed them, when, like, when the movie showed them to suddenly pop up, I was happy that they came to this party. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, this is great for them. They get to like socialize a little bit and they look, so, they all look so nice and they brought the movie. Right. Yeah. Right. Because this is not a short journey for them. No. No. Yeah. I mean, they they do seem like they're more of a steerage of the Titanic type couple doing the Irish Irish dancing and standing on their toes and things of that nature. But I'm sure it's been brought up on the podcast before, but but, I mean, he is distractingly resembling David Spade in this movie as Seamus. <laughs> no, we haven't mentioned that yet. That's oh, amazing. No. I mean, it's distractingly. Especially, especially as Seamus. Yes. Wow. Well, it's funny. Like, I, I didn't realize... I mean, he was at a certain age, I guess, when he made this flick. Like, I, I got a real Tobey Maguire vibe from Marty in this yeah. one. Yeah. 
And but as Seamus, like very much, a, a, you know, the SNL sketch at a, a, at twelve fifty eight when they do the potato <laughs> famine. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> potato famine. Yeah. Oh man, what an what an awful uh, Marty David Spade would have been. Mm. Yeah, that would have been pretty terrible. Yeah, oh, just like that. just constantly sarcastic with Doc, like, oh yeah, you built a time machine. Okay. Yes. Would have made would have made Eric Stoltz basically Daniel Day Lewis by comparison. I think. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's funny true. you mentioned Daniel. Day I mean, Lewis. he's he certainly thinks he's Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I. It's funny you mentioned him. I, I I couldn't sleep last night, so I watched uh, uh, Gangs of New York. That'll do it. Uh, yeah. So uh, on Amazon Prime. So this mm-hmm. scene just is is oh, really that's weird. why that movie popped up on my Amazon Prime account. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's just funny. I was I was watching The Expanse and like I saw that on my thing. I was like, who added this? I forgot that you have my account. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, La- Lawrence has been having a lot of fun. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, so we get this, this moment with Marty and the Frisbee. Okay. It's, yeah. Let's, I let's, think let's, it's let's probably, I honestly think it's the funniest thing in the movie. Like, I just think it's so funny. <laughs> so, just, so, this, so their, their expression to him, because like he says Frisbee far out and they're just like, what, what, what the hell so, did that mean? He so just the read sake, the plate. I don't so, understand. So for the sake of context, because like I, I actually want to tell the listeners in case they don't know what we're talking about. So they're at a table at the back of the party. You guys mm-hmm. know you've been there, right? You know, you're at the you're at the table and you run into someone and um, Marty looks down at a pie plate with only one slice of pie left. And on the top of, on, on the on the face of the tin, it says Frisbee. He then smiles like an idiot, holds up the plate, shows it to the McFlies, says, Frisbee, far out, chuckles again, and wanders away. <laughs> it's it's like a parody of Marty anachronism jokes. Yeah. Future thing. Wow. <laughs> thing in the future. <laughs> I just love the idea that they tried to find a clever way to do this. And and Bobby G was just like, you know what? I'll just have him say it and then walk away. Like, I you don't need anything more than now, that. Now, did you guys know? I mean, like, did Frisbee... I, I saw a little bit of the of the IMDb trivia on this where Frisbee started making Frisbees in 1871. Um, yeah, so I, I looked up all this information. Um, okay. So, so the Frisbee Pie Company was founded in 1871 uh, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And what happened was that they would sell these pies and they were located near the Yale University campus. And Yale students would discover that the pie tins could turn into trajectories and they could like, you know, throw right. them and stuff. But I think the salient point here is that it's a it's a metal uh, pie tin, right. which really must have been horrible for dog's teeth. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that's not even that's just the origin of it. But like the fact is that the Frisbee pie company has absolutely nothing to do with Frisbees as we know them today. So like 
that happened. And then this thing starts at, at the Yale University campus and then rolls across the country. Like Facebook. To, to the other coast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just like Facebook. Yeah, fris- to, Frisbee to, used to make it so like only people at Yale could eat the pies. Right. It was very exclusive, only for the people there. Yes, right. And you raided, you raided the people the catching the pies. <laughs> um, it was called Pie Smash. <laughs> those poor, poor Winkle pies. They thought they had the whole world. <laughs> the Winkle pies. Uh, Where so. The the, the the this phenomenon went across the country um eventually to the beaches of California where a young couple were throwing a frisbee pie uh frisbee pie pan amongst each other and then okay. they were leaving the beach and someone offered them 25 cents for the pie pan i really thought that was going to end with they were murdered by the zodiac if only um no and so this was 1938 and uh they were offered 25 cents for the pan they sold it and then so uh, they were killed by that guy at the chicago world's fair uh and then fred morrison said well if if the pie pan only costs five cents and they were willing to buy it for 25 cents that's a business and so (laughs) he started whammo um, which created the the frisbee, but they spelt it um instead like on the pie, it's f r i s b i e, but they spell it f r i s b e e. Yeah. Um. And uh, and then the frisbee was born. Um, I think and, this just goes uh, to show you that if you uh just copy someone else's idea, you can ride it to great success. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. It makes this even more, (laughs) it makes this even more interesting, this moment, because uh, like, why would, because if Frisbee is spelled B-E-E, like, why would, why would he make this connection, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Here's the thing. I I finally realized in watching this minute, Marty stumbles through this time travel odyssey. The way a normal person would if they smoked like a bowl of weed by themselves. <laughs> just and the the frisbee far out moment just kind of finally clarify. I was finally re- able to put it into words. Yeah, a, I mean, it's definitely it it's definitely the most like pothead moment. Like Marty Bill and Ted has. almost. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of Bill and Ted, isn't it? Yeah, and like Marty, I think Marty would think Bill and Ted were like wasteoids or whatever, whatever their word was back then. <laughs> wasteoids. I think I what know. you're trying to say is that there is the possibility, even a 1% chance, that the entirety of the trilogy was just Marty getting blazed and imagining <laughs> the whole entire thing. And if there's even a 1% chance, we chance have of that, to treat that 1%. Yeah, yeah, as that's an absolute. That's right. It's as, as an absolute. <laughs> In the words my, of my, my sad part about this scene is I agree with you. The frisbee stuff's really funny, but like, and the far out thing's really funny. Yeah. But Leah Thompson's line, which is uh, when he says far out and she like shrugs and she's like, it was right in front of him, is a really, really <laughs> funny line that I think yeah. probably played better on paper than it did in the film. It's like a writer's joke, I guess. It's a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 
I just um, love the Mc, I just love the the Irish McFlies a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're they're I mean they're phenomenal, and I just I I just love that they're very friendly with Marty, and they sort of accept him for who he is. But they're yeah. all just, just like, "Good God, this kid's weird." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really uh, like that a lot. Well, uh, I don't know. I think that's all I got for this minute. How about you guys? Yeah, I think so. I think we covered the the broad the broad strokes of it. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we have been keeping ourselves very very busy with uh, our other dueling genre shows. Scott has a couple uh, that he'll tell you about if he wants, and uh, <laughs> but most importantly, the crown jewel of dueling genre, uh, in my opinion is uh, Geek by Night. It is our award-winning, we can say that now, uh, podcast, uh, audio, drama, comedy series. Uh, and it's we're, we're like working on the final bits of the story. Episodes are coming out regularly. And we love hearing from you guys. And we love, you know, finding out that new people or more people are uh, listening to the show that a, a bunch of us, uh, a bunch of people work on for free because they love it and uh, or, or care about it and uh that's pretty awesome so yeah check out geek by night and uh join the <laughs> resistance i don't know if that pedal that <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> i mean yeah i'm i'm for that i like it i, I enjoy um, I, I, mean, I enjoy any pitch that ends with sort of this awkward v for vendetta call to arms <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> half-hearted like all right. Uh, join the resistance, I guess. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, all right. Well, we will be back tomorrow with Minute 58. Bye.